Hey there, retail leaders. It's Steve Worthy. Before we jump into our episode that I know you are going to enjoy, I've got a little something that I think you'll like. You know how we always talk shop and we share insights here, right? Well, I put together this newsletter. It's called Worthy Retail News. Here's what it does. It allows us to continue our candid dialogue. It's another way for us to provide straight talk conversations and stories and even some more behind the scenes perspectives from top professionals in the retail industry. Just click the link in the show notes to subscribe or better yet, you can go to worthyretailnews.com. It's just that easy. Worthyretailnews.com. Trust me, it's worth a look. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the episode. Okay, out of all of the laws, honestly, I love all the laws. I love all the laws. This one right here has to be one of my favorites, not just from a law standpoint, but from actually utilizing it as a leader. And we are talking about the big mo. We're talking about momentum. I'm telling you right now, I am excited to tell you about momentum and how this can impact you and how momentum is like the oxygen that you need to breathe as a leader, just like the blood, you know, circulates our bodies to help us help us um, live and help us move. Momentum is your oxygen, is your blood, it's your lifeline as a leader, and you can utilize it to your benefit or don't utilize it and see what happens. Let's get ready to talk about the big mo. Welcome to Retail Leadership, hosted by Steve Worthy. We understand that retail is a fast-paced industry and that a leader's decision will impact everyone every day all over the world. Listen, it's time for you to stop being the leader others think you should be and time for you to become the leader you have always wanted to be. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, raise your hand, raise your hand, except if you're driving, if you have ever tried to steer a parked car. Right. If you've ever tried to steer a parked car, raise your hand. How far did you get? You didn't get anywhere. You didn't get anywhere. You first have to start the car and put it in drive, hit the gas, right, for you to gain momentum. As a leader, there are going to be times, um, numerous times, when you are going to be stuck. Your team is going to be stuck. How do you become unstuck? How do you gain, and then also have to regain momentum. Here's an interesting thing. And get this image in your mind. Get this image in your mind. There is a locomotive train, right? Not so much just a train, the locomotive, the engine of the train. It's driving, it's traveling typically at around 50 to 60 miles an hour. At this speed, at this speed, this locomotive train can easily easily break through a steel plated wall, um, a brick wall easily. Why? Because it has momentum. It is moving forward. However, if you take this same locomotive train and it's parked and it's still, and you put a cinder block in front of the wheel, in front of the wheels, guess what? It's not going to move anywhere. 
It's, it doesn't have the ability to break through those cinder blocks. Why? Because it doesn't have any momentum. It is the same thing when you think about your leadership. We need momentum in our lives as a leader to continue to carry us forward, to move us from project to project, from opportunity to opportunity. And you need to be in the habit of uh, generating and regenerating momentum. Now, momentum in and of itself um, is, isn't a bad thing. It is, it is the thing that will actually help you move your team from where they are to where they need to be. This is not just the influence aspect, but I mean, I mean mentally because they have a mindset of a winner when there is momentum. They have a mindset of, I can do this when there is momentum. They have a mindset doesn't, that it doesn't matter the obstacle. I could do this. As a leader, you need to create this idea of momentum. Momentum, it starts, it starts with energy, your energy as a leader. It starts with your enthusiasm as a leader to create and to celebrate the small wins, right? How many of us have been um, at, a, at a park or near a lake and the, the water is just super still? There's not a ripple in there. but as most of us will do, we'll grab a little rock and we'll throw it in there. And it, when the rock hits the water, guess what happens? Ripple effects. It ripple, the ripple effect happens once something is actually cast into the stillness. So if there is stillness, there has to be a casting or a disruption, if you will, of that stillness in order to create the ripples. Get that. Woo, man, y'all need to get that. That one was right there. That was just gold. In the stillness of your leadership, and if you feel stuck, there has to be something that you have to probably self-impose. You or you have to do yourself or you have to generate yourself to create and disrupt that silence in order to generate momentum or that, that ripple effect that we are talking about. It is the most powerful thing. Ooh, man, that right there, that just, I'm, I'm man, that just, I, I know, I know this podcast is, is for me to help you guys, but that just, that just blessed me. That just helped me who right now with, with some of the stuff that we're going through with our companies, man, that just helped me. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, all right, let me get back. I'm sorry, I had to collect myself there for a second because I, I got too excited. Let me get back here to this thing about momentum. When you have no momentum, even the smallest tasks seem insurmountable. You know, small problems look like huge obstacles, right? How many of how many of us have 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 been there, right? We need to hire somebody. We need to fill a position, you know, and and we don't have any candidates. Right. You know, we go through the system and there's just no candidates. And, you know, ne next thing you know, you know, you're you're upset at HR because we don't have any candidates and HR is upset at marketing because marketing's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And yada, yada, yada. You know, um, you know, you walk into a store and, 
you know, you have one piece of a Christmas set that isn't set properly. You know, it's it's not the end of the world, but man, it's it's a small piece. And guess what? You know, you as a leader, because you don't have any momentum, um, you don't have any um, uh, energy or enthusiasm. You just start to throw your team under the bus for that very small piece that could be fixed very quickly. So the smallest task and the smallest problems become insurmountable when you have no no momentum. However, on the other hand, when you have momentum on your side, the future and everything looks bright. Obstacles appear small, right? Troubles seem unimportant. Creating momentum, how can I put this? It it requires someone who has a vision. You have to have a vision to assemble um, a good team to motivate others first and foremost. But the vision piece of where you want to go is probably the first um, aspect to that because without the vision, people perish. We talked about that in the, the law of vision, law of the picture. And you have to have an idea and direction of where you want to go. And within that direction, you will know the type of people that you want to have on your team. Let me go back to something that I said earlier, just a, just a second earlier, about the future looks bright. These are not rose-colored glasses, okay? I don't want you to think that just because you have momentum that you are not going to continue to have obstacles and that you are not going to continue to have issues that pop up while you are in the the throes of momentum. You will continue to have those issues. Dare I say, you will probably have more of them because you are on the road to doing something great. And typically when you are on the road to doing something great or something that you haven't done before, mentally, you may start to self-sabotage or you may have people on your team that will probably try to sabotage the momentum that you have going. Or you may have a horrible boss who doesn't like the momentum that you've been able to generate because you know what? They had your role before before you and they weren't able to do what you've been able to do. Ooh, come on now. I, how many of you have had a boss like that? I've had them. I've had them. And they don't like the momentum that you're creating. They don't like the direction that you're going. So they try to come in and self-sabotage and micromanage and 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 pick and, and nitpick every little thing. So when you are going through momentum and I say the future is bright, doesn't mean that you you have to have you, that you will have rose colored glasses. You are going to continue to face issues as you move through these periods of momentum through your leadership and with your team. You're listening to Retail Leadership with Steve Worthy. Okay, so I know you want to know how do I gain momentum? What do I need to do to gain this? What do I need to do to um, focus in on the big mo, as as we call it, this idea of momentum, and why I feel it is the oxygen for each and every leader. Leadership is tough, man. Right? I always say this, and this is kind of silly, but I say leadership would be great if it wasn't for the people. Right. But we got, but without the people, we're not leaders and we're not doing anything. We're not leading anybody. Right. Other than ourselves. And when you have momentum on your side, 
There is nothing that you can't accomplish. There is absolutely nothing you can't accomplish. The most difficult tasks, the most difficult circumstances um, seem uh, easy for you to do as a team because you are like, hey, throw it at me. What, what can we do? Anytime I ran a market, one of the things that I always tried to do, and this is for you, you senior vice presidents or you um, uh, group vice presidents or district managers, this is going to be a really good one for you, maybe even as a store manager. One of the things that I often did is that I volunteered our business units or units uh, for pilot projects. This is I'm not I'm not into the how to gain momentum yet. So this is just a little um, uh, precursor to this to, to that. But here's one thing that I often did. I often uh, signed our markets up for pilot projects. And here's why I did that was because I'd rather us be the one that's actually dictating, you know, the the direction of this new pilot, this new um protocol that's going to impact us then allow it to be somebody else and we had a difficult market I had, i've always had difficult markets i mean difficult in the context that they were always challenging um whether it was from a financial standpoint talent standpoint um growth standpoint you name it and um and i loved those turnaround assignments and we would often i would often select us for pilot programs because once we got ourselves to a certain point, we can handle it. And then guess what? That actually helped us build momentum because now as a market, we were known as sort of the pilot market or I was the, the pilot division um, in different companies because we wanted, we wanted it. We wanted it. Give it to us. A lot of, a lot of markets don't want those things. Uh, don't want those th- they don't want those things because there, there's going to be a lot of attention brought onto your market, and we embraced it, and that helped us gain momentum in that area of that protocol that was actually going to be coming out. So we were far ahead of it, and we were already on it, and so we utilized that momentum as a teachable moment for others within our within the company, and so it it, it became instead of a burden, it actually became a a blessing, if you will for us to do that. So having said that, if you want to gain some momentum, one of the good ways to do it is to volunteer your market or your store for a pilot um, and be okay with all the scrutiny that comes thereafter, but attack it head on. All right. So let's move into how do you gain momentum? How do you gain momentum? I have, oh my gosh, I'm, we're going to move into how do you gain and then how do you, how do you lose? So there's going to be three and three gain momentum. Number one, stop taking advice from people who have accomplished less than you. (sighs) This one right here, this one right here, when I was writing these things down and um, I was just going off of my, my memory and my thought processes of all the different leaders that I had. And I got to tell you, I don't know how many leaders I had that had accomplished less than me that were the one of the first people to try to give me advice. They're the first ones because they they don't want to see if they don't want to see you 
succeed, just to be very honest with you. And so you have to, you have to stop taking advice from people, colleagues, peers that have accomplished less than you. I know it may sound high-minded, but it is not. If they have, if they are not on your level, honestly, don't take advice from them about something that's really big that you're about to do. Because they, nine times out of ten, they have probably been faced with a similar circumstances, and and they they failed at it, or they didn't take the ownership of it. So please stop it. Don't take advice from anybody who has accomplished less than you. Number two. Forget about normal. Ooh, forget about what everybody else has done to do to be successful because chances are it may not work for you. Mm, come on, man. Okay. Okay. How many of us, how many of us have seen that, that store manager that, you know, <laughs> actually, I felt like I was that this person I'm about to describe that, you know, 12 months, as a store manager, you know, then boom, they go to district manager, you know, um, you know, boom, then they go to, um, uh, um, you know, a regional and then they go to senior vice president, whatever it may be. Right. And the crazy part is that we try, some of us try to pattern ourselves after that person and what they did, who they spoke with. Even some of their mentors, down to their mentors, we try to emulate um, the exact same process, and you can't do that. So you have to forget about the normal. You have to forget about trying to be the norm or trying to be like everybody else. Your path is your path. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I'm. I wanted to to put it out in this way because I think this is you know. Very important, and I hope most of you play sports or you watch you watch you know certain movies, right? Because um, it'll make sense as I say this. Uh, Michael Jordan wasn't normal, right? LeBron James, he's not normal. Aaron Judd, Judge, he's not he's he's not normal, right? Wayne Gretzky, he's not normal. Um, Samuel Jackson's not normal because of all the freaking movies that he plays in. Um, Tom Cruise, he's not, he's not normal. Um, Serena Williams, she, she, she's not normal. The women's, um, U S soccer team, um, they're not normal. And I said that is because they're, they're extraordinary. They, they are, um, they are the, the opposite of normal. When you are trying to be great, when you are trying to gain momentum, and you're trying to do something that no other person has done, you can't be normal. You can't be normal. You you can't stay normal. You can't stay where you are. Just like that parked car we talked about, you can't drive that parked car. You have to start that puppy up, and you got to put it in drive, and you got to press on the gas. Too many people are trying to drive a parked car. Okay, my friends. So let me ask you a question. Are you ready for your performance review? Or did you already receive your performance review 
and you're you're still waiting for clarity for for that score and also for the comments that you received no matter how good or how bad you think you did i want to help you survive but more importantly i want to help you thrive through what we affectionately call make a move season it's happening right now and it's directly tied to your review can i tell you a little secret just here listening you've got to be ready for what may come your way you have to start setting yourself up for what you want to have happen next to be very honest you have more control over your success than you think you do but you can't take this decision lightly and to be honest you need help getting to your best next our make a move clarity calls provide well <laughs> they, that's exactly what they provide they provide clarity clarity on where you are and how do you get to your best next so make sure that you click the link in the show notes to grab a time so that we can talk and i'll see you soon don't be that person that's trying to drive a parked car thinking that you're going to get somewhere you are not that's what normal people do you're not normal you don't want to be normal you're not called to be normal you're a retail leader many of us are, we are not normal in and of itself because we're a retail leader. But if you want to be a great retail leader, you have to be abnormal. Okay. Number, um, number three, and I'm actually going to be talking a little bit more about this one in the, in the very next episode, I think, um, what's important now, I'm not going to get into the story right now about where this came from. You'll, you'll have to wait till the next episode, um, for me to talk a little bit about this. But what's important now, this is the, about gaining the momentum. We, we have to understand what's important to us right now in this moment, in, the, in a week from now, two weeks from now, and then fixate on that thing until it's actually accomplished. And I mean, when I say this thing, I mean the right thing. And that's why I say what's important now. There are so many things that are vying for our attention that are not important if we can, if we can uh, winnow down the ideas and thoughts and concepts and tasks and things that are going to help us become become normal, then guess what? That's what we have to do. We have to focus in on what's important now, because the more we do that, it narrow and narrows our focus, and we can actually put a lot of energy and momentum towards that task, and that helps us move forward. So. The three ways to gain momentum is to stop taking advice from people who have accomplished less than you have. Forget about being normal. And number three, what's important now? Okay. Let's talk about how to lose. How do you lose momentum? When you lose momentum, you become vulnerable to, to distractions. And you, here's why it's because once you lose momentum, you open yourself up to any type of advice. So that that person that we just spoke about, that person who has accomplished less than you, they can come in when you are when you don't have the momentum, they will come into your store, they will come into your market, and they will try to give you advice. They will try to say, Hey, well, you need to do this. I did I, I did it this way. Hey, I don't know if that's actually gonna work, you know, here in this market just because of da 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 da. And guess, you start to second guess yourself. You start to second guess the direction that you want to go. You start to second guess, you know, your team. 
your leadership style, your vision when you don't have momentum. Momentum, once again, it is the oxygen for a leader. When you don't have it, you are choking. You are choking your potential. You're choking your journey. And anybody that comes in and wants to um, add advice that is going to be disruptive or be a distraction is sucking the oxygen away from you. And you don't want to do that. You are literally like uh, um, a fighting for your life and for your existence where you don't have momentum in your life as a leader. Here are a couple of ways that you need to, um, that you can lose momentum. Shiny object syndrome. We did an episode on that. Go check it out. Um, it's an amazing episode. And it, and it's, and, and it is a surefire way for you to lose, to lose, for you to lose momentum because you start chasing after every little thing, every little new initiative, every new assumption that is presented to you. And you become the master of nothing because you are so distracted and you are so unfocused. Um, and, and, and you will never gain any momentum. It is like the person that goes to, that makes the new year's resolution. They go to the gym once, you know, um, you know, three, I'd rather be the person i put it to you this way. If I make the new year's resolution, I'd rather be the person that goes to the gym three times a week consistently than the person that says, I'm going to go seven days a week. And yes, some people actually do make it seven days a week, but for the most part, some of them don't, they lose momentum and, um, and, and they, they, you know, they start focusing in on, um, well, it's well, seven days a week. Isn't that, that's a, that's a lot. Well, there's, this, there's this new diet that's out there. Well, hold on. How about try, how about I try spin class? Well, hold on for a second. How about I try orange theory? Oh my gosh. What about, what about, I'm going to buy a Peloton. No, what about Pilates? Right. They just, they are so focused in on trying to get a quick fix that, the person that's going three days a week consistently, they're building momentum. They're building up their body um, consistently over time. So stop chasing the shiny objects is number one. Number two, lack of focus on and going too broad. You got to stay narrow. You got to stay narrow. So um, I, I think I'm going to be, I think I'm going to do a um, an episode on multitasking, the myth um, of multitask of multitasking, right? As retail leaders, we pride ourselves a lot of times. I did myself as well on the ability to multitask. And honestly, there is no such thing. We are not built as human beings for multitasking. And some of you will probably disagree with me on this. And I understand. I understand. However, we are built to accomplish and we are built to build upon our accomplishments and I think the narrow, the more narrow you make your focus on certain tasks and the direction that you want to go, the the wider your um, your swath of influence becomes because you've got a couple of quick wins, you've done a, a couple of quick accomplishments, you've hired some of the the right people, right? So now you have all these different things that you once you narrowed your focus in on. Now you can utilize all these things to help you with your momentum. But if we are going too broad and we're staying broad um, 
and we're not, you know, narrowing our focus, guess what? We tend to start chasing after every little thing within our buildings, within our districts, and within our markets. So number two, um, lack of focus, um, lack of focus on and going too broad. You got to stay narrow. Number three, lack of operational boundaries. Whew. Here's the thing with this one, um, lack of operational boundaries. When you are, when you are trying to fix something within your market, the best thing that you can do is to go back to the best practice. First and foremost, hear this, hear this and hear this loud. You don't know if something is broken until you understand the operational boundaries in which something should exist. So whether it's unloading a truck, the tendency over time is people start to become too familiar as a team and they unload the truck the way that they want to unload the truck. Payroll. People begin to allocate payroll based on, yes, sometimes it has to be happen on the needs of the business, um, rather than the actual protocol based on um, customer flow and um, when when they're actually going to be busy. That's why you start to see, you know, uh, gaps in cashiers on, their, on, a, on a busy Wednesday at certain stores um, because someone felt that they wanted to do something different with the actual payroll allocation and say, well, we can figure that one out. No, one of the best ways to lose momentum is to allow is to have a lack of operational boundaries and allowing people to do whatever it is for you to regain momentum. You actually have to reestablish those operational boundaries first and foremost. So that way, you know where the fix is, or you know where the gap is that right there will help you tremendously as a leader. When you are trying to regain the momentum that you have lost or that you need to just gain uh, initially within your organization. When I took take over a, a, a hard market, well, that's one of the first things we do is that we go back to the best practices on everything. Payroll, scheduling, scheduling is probably the number one thing, scheduling, scheduling effectiveness. And then once we're back on that, we can see where it goes, and then we and once we we feel okay, then maybe then maybe we could tweak it. But you don't know where something is broken until you actually set those boundaries first. All righty, it is North Star time. It is North Star time. North Star time. This is the time of the show where I try to help you understand where what this all looks like for you. Um, Relative to, you know, um, your place, your leadership, um, and what this looks like. like Steve, you, you, you're giving me all this information. I don't know what this looks like for me. Here it is. Northstar, what does this look like when you have the big mom? Momentum, number one. I have uh, four, four things. Momentum is something that can be felt not just by yourself but by others. How many of you have ever gone into a store and you can just feel the energy in that store? If you've been if you've been doing retail for any time, two years, three years, you know what I'm talking about. You can go into a store and you can automatically feel the energy. Like, dude, this is whoo! I know I'm gonna get a good get a good experience here. 
um, and you get a good experience. You can feel that. I can feel, I felt it whenever I walked into stores, even I walked off the plane talking to, you know, district manager or something like that. I, I felt based off of their energy, how that, how, how my day was going to go. Right. I, I felt the ones that had momentum and man, they were jazzed. And I felt the ones that didn't have it. So you, momentum is something that can, that can be felt not just by you, but by others. So bear that in mind as well, too. Number two, laser focus on the task at hand, winning. That's the last law. We just talked about that. The last law we just talked about was victory. So if you have a laser focus and can communicate that laser focus as a team and collectively, guess what? Then you have a large degree. You will, you will have a large degree of momentum because everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants to win. Um, everybody wants to see not just themselves succeed, but to see the team succeed. Number three, it's a tight knit team. No room for division. <laughs> no room for division. Um, you know, I, I, I'll go back to my, my my example of the '96 Bulls. Uh, I don't know. If, I think it was earlier this chapter, uh, early this episode. I used it, and I think I used it last chapter too, or last episode. The '96 Bulls were one of the best teams ever, and dare I say that some of the best players at that time would not have gotten into that team. And here's why: because they were gelled. Everybody knew their role. You know, Steve Kerr, Paxson, John Paxson, um, you, you know, Jordan, Pippen, uh, Rodman, right? Harper, they all knew their role. And it didn't matter if you were a superstar. Honestly, the reason why they gelled so well is because everybody knew their role and they operated in their, in their role to 100% effectiveness. And if you brought somebody else into that, into the team, that would completely disrupt. It would completely disrupt the effectiveness of that, of that team. So I'm not saying you don't add anybody to your team. What I'm saying is, is that your team is so well knit together that everybody understands their role and everybody's operating in there. There's no division. When, when, when one person, if you're say, say you're, you're, um, you're at a, a marketing meeting or, uh, and you know, the rest of your team is in there. And they try to, they try to say, Oh, well, gosh, Hey, how are you guys doing it? I heard so-and-so is a handful. Da, 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 da. And you're like, no, they're, they're not a handful. They're, they're an amazing leader, right? There's no division. There's no opportunity for, for, for you to be swayed or for your team to be swayed. Okay. I like this one. Number four, team members hold each other accountable more than the ball, more than the leader holding them, holding them accountable. I love this one. When you have a team that's closely knit, they will hold each other accountable. And, and, and as the leader, a lot of times I didn't even have to come in and say anything. Like if, if there was a person that was on a team that wasn't carrying a weight, the other team let them know. Like, dude, you, you need to step it up. Like whether it's from a store, or from a market, yo, your market is holding us back. Well, how can we help you? What do you need from us? Right? Because you are holding us back. Right. And a lot of times feelings got hurt and they would come to me they would be like, well, Hey, my, you know, my peers don't like me. My peers, what, do, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? You are holding us back. Did you did you take any advice from them? Did they um uh did they ask you for um the, if they can help? Well, yeah. Did, did you take it? No. Okay, then what what do you want? No. This is an issue when you're t- when the team is holding others accountable more than the leader. Um, it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch, and I'm not saying in a negative context when they're being like, "Oh, you know, you suck." And it's not even about that. It is literally they're holding their team accountable, and the leader doesn't have to say anything. That's when you know you are hitting your north star. That's when you know the big momentum in your leadership is working and that you have the oxygen that you need to be successful as a leader. Well, for those of you who are not successful as a leader, those of you who don't understand how the big momentum can help them or they need, you need guidance in your current leadership journey, you are struggling or you're looking to grow in your leadership and, but you don't know how. One of the things that we help at Worthy Retail You is to help you with your journey. We focus in on helping you understand who you are more so that you can make the right move in your leadership, in your career journey. Even if you are looking for uh, interview skills, we can help you with that. I am one of those individuals who really enjoyed doing retail leader uh, interviews. I, I, I've I've taught it, you know, for guys over 10 to 15 years now. Um, and it's something I truly enjoy doing. If you are that leader and you're thinking about the fact that Steve, I don't have any momentum in my career. I need to gain some momentum. We can help you with that. Connect with us. You can click on the make a move link. That's actually inside the description below. And we look forward to talking to you. Thank you for joining us for retail leadership with Steve worthy. Have a great day and God bless. Okay, okay, okay. Before you go, before you go, hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a massive part of Retail Leadership with Steve Worthy. I got to tell you the ideas, concepts, and also the challenges that you guys face out there as retail leaders you know, it keeps us going. It is the fuel that helps us um, create these podcast episodes. And we just want to thank you so much. Please, if you have more ideas and things that you're dealing with or struggling with that you want to hear about, let us know as well. Also, if you're interested in working with Worthy Retail, let us know. If you want to learn more about the campus, we have links in the description as well. So, hey, I will see you in the next episode Have a great day and God bless.